Hello, good morning. It's Catherine Colas here from SimplyHormones.com and I'm here today with Alexandra Pope. Now, Alexandra, together with Jane Bennett, wrote a book called The Pill. Are you sure it's for you? And I think it's absolute reading for everyone. Alexandra is also featured in a documentary called The Moon Inside You, which has already been seen in a number of countries. Some background to Alexandra is that she was um, originally a teacher of English in both the United Kingdom and Australia before training as a psychotherapist and in psychosynthesis, resulting in 20 years of private practice in Australia. She now continues in the UK and Europe, running private and public workshops on menstrual cycle education. Now, Alexandra, um, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Catherine. It's lovely to be talking to you about this. Thank you. Yes, we've been trying to do this for ages, haven't we? Yeah, we have indeed. Um, I'd like to start with your book, Alexandra, The Pill. Are you sure it's for you? Now, I've read your book and I found it so informative. Tell me, what prompted you to research this subject and write a book uh, together with your co-author, Jane Bennett? And, um, and, and what's your connection with Jane? Well, I'll begin with my connection to Jane. Jane and I have been friends for a number of years. This is in Australia. And we both share a passion for menstrual education. And Jane was particularly focused on girls' work and has written a book in that area, you know, preparing girls for their first period. Yeah. And, and I, of course, was doing all the women's work. And um, so we would often rave about our favorite topic <laughs> and we would also bemoan the low status that menstruation had, you know, that it's just seen as such a negative in our culture. Yes, yeah. and, and we're just passionate about transforming that. And, and what, what brought us to the pill was, well, Jane herself was, um, is a teacher of natural fertility management, which is teaching women how to chart their cycles for both contraception and conception purposes. Mm, yeah. And so that was her area, is her area of expertise, and she's written in that area and works with a very well-known Australian woman, Francesca Naish. Um, and then, of course, I was doing the menstrual health work, and, and women often use the pill for dealing with menstrual problems. Yes. Um, both of us were tracking the research, you know, as it would come out, it would be in the press, there would be yeah. more research on the dangers of the pill. Yeah. And always this research is dismissed as, well, it's not, you know, women don't really have to worry. Oh, yes, yes, it causes potentially causes this cancer and that cancer. But don't yes. worry, you know, keep on yeah. taking it. It, ne it never seems to, to make the national press, does it? Like, well, like no, HRT it just does. never yeah. seems to, to cause any kind of wake up. My no. God, this is a drug that is having all these side effects. It seems to have some sort of diplomatic immunity from from any kind of questioning. Yes. And, and, the, and, the, and the medical profession uh, in... Uh, um, generally speaking, there are individuals, but they don't speak out. We know of them because women have told us and, and individual doctors have spoken with us. But in general, the medical profession sees the pill as entirely safe, that the jury is in. It's safe. Women don't have to worry. They can go to sleep now on contraception. You know, take the drug. Don't worry. That's contraception mm -hmm. solved. Big ticks yes. there. Let's go on and do something yeah. else. And actually, Jane and I are saying, no, 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 the mm. research is compelling. Yes. And anyway, it's a drug, you know, and all drugs have consequences. Yes. And you're shutting down a really vital 
system in women, the menstrual cycle. You can't shut down a cycle and not have consequences. Absolutely, yes. So, yeah. so Jane and I were getting more and more apoplectic with Ray. <laughs> and then one day we looked at each other and said, why don't we write a book on the pill? Because no one was writing on it. No, no one was speaking out. And we looked at each other and said, oh, we should do it. And then we both went, oh, no, not another book. Yes. <laughs> and how yes. do you find a publisher and so on? But, of course, yes. the book wouldn't let us go. No, you know no, that's you know right. Yeah. And then, of course, the rest is history. <laughs> yes, yeah. And um, you say in your book, a woman who appreciates her menstrual cycle can deepen knowledge of herself, build self-esteem and develop high sensitivity. And mm. so thereby, contrary to that, by ignoring this monthly function, it's more or less declaring um, that or we, we keep saying to ourselves that we're unclean. And that has the opposite of effect, which results in, uh, you know, bad health and um, um, low self-esteem. Yes, absolutely. But we don't seem to have the knowledge to embrace the, the, the menstrual system, do we? We've totally ignored no. it for so long. We have indeed. It's mm. really interesting that, I mean, it's um, this huge cultural taboo around really valuing the cycle and I, I love when I run workshops I love to begin with a silly example to try mm. and make a point imagine going to your doctor and your doctor says oh you should ignore your circadian rhythm you know that's your day night <laughs> rhythm you know it's such a waste of time yes. having to sleep eight hours at night you know you could be doing so much more and you know it's very yes you know take this drug you know and you can stay awake all the all time right, yes. you know so much better yeah. and you would think your doctor was seriously mad yes and you know you'd probably be reporting them to the medical council <laughs> absolutely yes so how come you know we women have got caught up in this thinking that the menstrual cycle is somehow expendable that there, there are no consequences to shutting it down and we're talking about our fertility system this is yes. our capacity for creating life yes yeah. this surely has to be the most mm. awesome cycle on the planet that's right <laughs> yes and and i suppose it's very difficult to um to have a balance because I, when you look at young women um just starting out in life and not necessarily being um, promiscuous but certainly mm. being sexually active um, mm. As a mother, I know I feel very protective of my own daughter and that I would rather she were on the pill at this stage because I think their education and being up front with boys saying, you know, have you got a condom and all the rest of it, it just ain't going to happen, is it? So um, I feel oh, quite strongly it, yes. that it benefits younger women until they start to understand I, I, what you bring up, Catherine, is mm. a really huge and very important issue. And we do address this in the book. You know, how do we deal? How do we approach our teenage daughters? Yes. Um, and obviously, there are no clear cut answers. And one of the themes of our book is really empowering women to make their own choice. Yeah. So we're not preaching you should do this or you should do that. So just some thoughts around this. Um, as long as we have a culture 
uh, Catherine, that doesn't value the cycle and doesn't empower women around the cycle, girls aren't going to value it. So we do need a cultural shift. So um, essentially, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. No. But what, you know, this is our high dream for Jane and I. Our high dream is that girls are firstly given really wonderful preparation for their first period. And it's not just plumbing. No, no. It's actually more emotional as well as all the technical stuff, practical stuff. It's really dealing with their feelings and giving them a very positive message. And we've done a lot of work in Australia in this area. And it's been really exciting what we've seen in girls with this. And we've also done mother and daughter work around this. And it's so empowering. So, um, So girls really get this lovely bond with their mothers instead of this negative thing around menstruation. That's right, yes. It's so important that. And then once a girl is menstruating, she needs another level of education, which is is to teach her about her cycle as a self-care tool. So we're not even talking sex, although sex is going to come up, obviously. But it's about teaching the cycle as a self-care tool. So Jane has been doing a lot in this area to... um, to teach girls how to chart their cycles, you yes. know, how to read the signals and signs of their bodies and to teach this as a personal development tool, as yes. a fundamental yeah. personal development yes. tool for yeah. girls. Yes. And then research time and again shows that when girls are properly educated around um their bodies and around sexuality, they start having sexual activity later. Yes. Okay. So in fact, yes. ed- education mm. in itself mm. is a um, very powerful means of prevention. Here. Yes, education yes. In itself. Well, and then, and then, you know, our feeling is that girls should have body literacy. So that's our emphasis. And then, when you come to have the conversation about contraception, mm-hmm. yes, you talk about the full range. And the the truth is, girls have to use condoms anyway. Yes. For for, for protection against STDs. That's right. Yes. So that's a non-negotiable. You know, mm. they've got they've got to get that message. You've got to use a condom. Yes. Now, if if they're more conscious about their cycles, they're going to have more self-esteem, more confidence to be able to take care mm. of themselves. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's hundred percent. Nothing mm. is a hundred percent. And what we have to emphasize here is that the pill, whilst it looks like you know really safe, um is not 100%. You know, if girls no. forget to take it for one, two or three days, yep, they have the same it. protection as mm. a condom. Yes. Finally, I mean, the other key thing here is, you know, other people then, people, some people would then suggest, well, then give them an implant. Yes. You know, you know, or the injection, yeah. and then there's no problem with them forgetting. But the health don't like the sound of that. Yes. <laughs> no, the health consequences are awful, Catherine. Yes. Yeah. And these, you know, and 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 the earlier you go on the pill and these other hormonal contraceptions, um, the bigger the consequences are going to be, especially mm-hmm. further down the track. Yes. So, um, so we feel education, education, education yes. in a really wholesome menstrual affirming woman affirming girl affirming yes yes and then let the girls make their choices yes i think you i think you're absolutely right and um and and what brought me into this as you know i deal with the other end of the cycle i'm dealing with menopause and it was as a result of my own research into that 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 took me back into 
women in their 20s and 30s with with PMS. And then, of course, with my own daughter beginning the cycle, she she and I both understood it more because she was just beginning and I was just ending. So the Mm. whole thing clicked and that took me into schools. And I thought, why aren't we educating more at that level? Um, and even mm. boys to getting them understanding what's going on in women's lives with these hormones. Yes. Um, and then perhaps we'd all have a, a safer passage right through to the end. Um, but that links me nicely in with um, uh, menopause, Alexandra, because as you know, um, I created my own website, simplyhormones.com, to raise awareness of the trials and tribulations of menopause. And in the light of the Million Women study a few years ago now um, on HRT, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on the pill and HRT? Do they share any common ground? I know that HRT is not a contraceptive and women must uh, really understand that, that just because they're on HRT, they could still become pregnant. But but what are your thoughts, you know, comparing the two? Um, They share a common ground in the sense that they are both um, um, delivering synthetic hormones to a woman's body. Yes. And so... Uh, they will have similar kinds of side effects. They are actually, or they, you know, they will have side effects because yes. they are potent drugs. Yes. Um, they are both listed as a class one carcinogen by the World Health Organization. Right. This means that that means that they are cancer causing, and yes. they're in the they're in the same category as asbestos and tobacco. Now, I rechecked that just recently because, you know, For grief, I, it just sounds unbelievable, actually. I know. It? Yes. I mean, it, it just I thought to myself, my God, why <laughs> isn't that statement out there? Yes. And I, maybe I, and then I started to doubt myself. But I thought, no, no, I shall go back and check again. <laughs> and I did. And there it is. Yes. Um, it is a known carcinogen. You know, it's a drug. It's yes. a potent drug. And I think the thing is, they both give the message to the female, Mm -hmm. to to women, that the menstrual cycle is a problem. Um, Alexandra, what do you mean by that? Um, What I mean is that um, to uh, women see, and actually there's also the message that's now being given out by the medical profession more and more, sadly, that the menstrual cycle is uh, a problem in women in that it 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 oh it's quite a interesting question actually it, it's it's seen as a limitation or a weakness to kind of normal successful healthy life and that if women didn't have a menstrual cycle they could be as successful as men yes <laughs> as, yes I, you know, yeah. that, I, I mean, think the, that is the picture that's being painted isn't it because so is, many I don't know how many, what the stats are, but there are a lot of women out there, certainly that I know of, that are taking a particular pill where they don't menstruate at all. I spoke to one woman who hasn't menstruated for 10 years, and she thinks it's great. Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> I just feel, I feel for her body when I hear that. Um, yeah. Yes, it's a real problem, this. Well, I mean, historically, the menstrual cycle was seen as a limitation and that women that it weakened us that menstruation yes. weakened us and that and that therefore we were not fit for high office you know whether it was yes. economic political business or whatever 
Yes. And um, and then, you know, feminism came along and started to shift that. And the, and the message we got with feminism was, you know, women can do anything they want whenever they want. And I think that's a fantastic message. And I think that message is still true today. Yes. Um, and what I'm introducing here is um, the notion that, um, yes, we have a menstrual cycle, and this menstrual cycle can be a huge asset and uh, in all sorts of different ways. But counter to that, we are actually getting the return of this old message that menstruation mm. weakens us, that the menstrual yes. cycle is a problem, and that menstruation causes all sorts of health problems or you know yes. weaknesses. Yes. And I think the weakness... Is not that menstruate. It's not that menstruation weaknesses is, weakens us. It's the thinking we have around it that yes. weakens us. And the moment that a woman starts to appreciate her menstrual cycle and the different kind of assets and powers she can tap into, um, she will. It would like it. It will be like the lights going on inside her. It's mm. it's um, a whole new kind of world or consciousness can open up or she can open up to within herself um yes that's really yeah. what i'm putting here yes yeah and also you you were just mentioning back on a historical note and actually it's not that long ago when they were locking away menstrual women and not menstrual women, uh, women going through menopause because they were declared nuts and they were locked in menstrual and and menstrual asylums. Well, it might have been menstrual asylums. Yes, it might just as well have been menstrual asylums. You know, it might as well just be menstrual asylums. You know, I didn't know that about menopause. I do think that actually many women who are highly sensitive, you know, almost intuitives, um, probably historically really suffered at menstruation because that thing was that. Uh, aspect of them was never valued and that they would have appeared highly kind of out of it because menstruation is a natural high yes uh, we do go into an altered state of consciousness but yes. because women are not initiated into that language about their bodies um, then uh, I think that women can appear to kind of lose it in inverted commas yes and, and certainly you know in in more restricted times um, you know any woman that was full of herself and ecstatic in any way was nothing trouble a disturber yes. Yes. and I, yeah. I, I, I really fear that many women were put away because they were natural ecstatics and they weren't no one knowed how to care for that and I think they would have gone mad I, I yes. mean I feel I would have gone mad too right yeah in that kind of environment yes it's that it's that fear and ignorance isn't it about anything that you know little about um, you lock it away to to keep it out of the way because you don't know enough about it. And certainly, as you were saying, women don't understand their own bodies properly. Mm -hmm. So they felt so out of it too that they were in a, a different place and didn't know how to deal with it. Yes. You, you sometimes lose contact with the daily world, don't you? Yes. If you repress something in you, it's going to turn up as trouble in mm -hmm. some way. Yeah. 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 Um, and yes, I think you've said it well. Yes. And I'd like to move on now back to your book, actually. Um, I particularly like your chapter on the natural way to menstrual well-being. Can you tell us something about that? Yes, I'd love to. Now, I present a very different approach to menstrual health. And it's actually connected with what I was saying earlier about getting in tune with your cycle rather than seeing it as a problem. Yeah. And in many ways, uh, menstrual problems are exacerbated because women 
are fighting their cycles. Yes. You know, they, they, they're trying to remain the same all the time and they're not in tune with that inner rhythm. Yes. So my approach to menstrual health is based on uh, reconnecting with the power of your cycle, with the real intelligence of your cycle. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean? It's very simple. I encourage women to chart their cycles on a daily basis. Just what, what I'm looking for here is your energy, your mood, your feeling, and to mm -hmm. just make a note um, each day of what comes up for you. And also, it's great to have a journal where you're charting your dreams as well, So, because yes. often you'll have uh, very significant dreams at particular times of the month. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Uh, as you do that, as you start to get in touch with your cycle, you may start to see a pattern. And the pattern goes something like this, although each woman will have her own version of it. Um, but the pattern is a little bit like the seasons of the year. So I talk about the inner seasons of your cycle. Mm -hmm. and, and in the first half of your cycle, after you've come out of menstruation, the pre-ovulatory time, say from day five up to day 10 or 11, yeah. um, I talk about that as the inner spring. Yes. And we generally will notice a greater aliveness and more energy and motivation and more focus and clarity. Yes. And um, and that's as it is, that nature of spring. You have this natural growth happening, a natural motivation, and ride it, surf it, yes. you know, get yeah. it. You, get the utilize most of it. it. Yeah. Get the most out of it. You've got this amplified talent. Of course you can do anything at any time, but capitalize this time, you know, ride the wave. And then yeah. as you come up to ovulation, this is your summer of your cycle. This might be from, I'm talking about an average cycle of, say, 28 days. Now, everyone yes. will have their own version, as I said. Mm. But let's say from day 11 to about day 19 or so, mm. something like that, day 11, 12. Um, and in the, it's a bit like the summer, which we're in right now. As yes. we're talking. And, you know, the summer energy is very kind of out there. Women feel most sexy and gorgeous at that time. Yes. You have You have like a natural... Uh, energy to connect with the world. Your focus is on the outer world. And here mm -hmm. we create harmony. As one woman said, we hold court at this time. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> about right. Yeah. Yes, you do. You're, you're totally queen of your queendom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're riding high. You've got, you, this is superwoman territory. You yeah. can be all very creative. It's very, well, it's very creative in the sense of it's very productive. Yes. You know, that you can really, you know, in, in the first half of the cycle, you initiate. In the, in the spring, yes. you initiate. In the summer, you fulfill that. Yeah. You really fulfill it. So you really produce things. Mm. So, you know, it's like nature is producing all this wonderful food for us. Yeah. You know? so, that, so that's what you do. And then as the, as the wheel turns, you know, as your cycle yes. turns, you come into the premenstrual phase, which might be from day 19 to, or day 21, let's say something like yes. that. I'm being very loose with dates here, yeah. about day 26 or so. And um, here, you know, just as the, the energy changes as you come into autumn and you feel yourself pulling inwards a bit and closing down, that's what's happening premenstrually. And mm. you have a different kind of power here. It's a very gutsy power. It's very insightful. You can see into things. Your energy is dropping a little, and this is normal. If you have extreme fatigue, that is not normal, and you need to rest. But uh, the premenstrual phase gives you feedback, so I call it feedback time. Mm. I call the summer of your cycle having it all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the spring phase is new beginnings. So you have new beginnings, having it all, and now this is, this is feedback time, or yeah. this is the, the get real time. Yeah. So 
you have real insight here and this is where you kind of clean up and edit and sort out and refine so this is where you really polish what you do and this is the difficult phase because in any creative project you have to stand back and go okay I've got a lot of stuff here what's working and what isn't working mm -hmm. and this is where you have to cut stuff out so our critical energy comes up here most strongly and a lot of the premenstrual yes. stuff is actually women not knowing how to handle that negative, that critical energy, which can become really negative and destructive. Yes, yes. If you don't know how to use it. Mm. So, but in my work, that's I teach women how to manage that. Mm. Um, and we so just, then we just lash out and have a row with somebody, don't we? That's right, we do. Now, that energy behind that is actually really positive, and you've got to learn how to use it. You may need to speak very strongly, but it's not a license to abuse people. No. So uh, learning how to manage that energy is a very important part of my work. And, yes. and then as you pull into menstruation, and this, this energy of pulling in can happen a day or two before you actually bleed. You'll suddenly yes. feel much more vulnerable, like you don't want to do anything or socialize. Yep. And, and you'll often go into a very kind of quiet, still or detached place. Or you can go to a place of quite quite a dark place or for women who have difficulties yeah. a kind of anxiousness and so on you and certainly don't want to communicate I know that for sure yeah isn't that fascinating we so don't and this is wisdom at work you know yeah. you, you actually this is about you pulling into yourself now it's not about the world so when you think about this is our inner winter and if you think about winter we want to hunker down by the fireplace yeah. don't yeah. we yeah well that's what you're doing in your own spirit now you're wanting to hunker down in deep into your own being now and, and just say no to everybody else yeah. and this is really healthy if you want to have it all you've got to have a time where you do nothing where you yes. completely chill and you say no to everybody else and you put all your juice into you so Yes. The winter time of the cycle is you time, me time, when I take care of myself absolutely. Yes. And when you start to cooperate with that rhythm, it just transforms your experience of yourself and of your symptoms. And a lot of symptoms fall away or are eased considerably. Yeah. Women generally feel more confidence in themselves, more dignity and more, a, a greater capacity than to take care of themselves, yes. which in turn means you have more motivation to do all the other health practices, which I can now mention. And yeah. there are many things you can do um, to heal your symptoms. Yes. Um, but the first remedy is to restore is the, the wisdom of your cycle, to start to work, cycle awareness is the yes. first remedy. Yeah to be aware of your cycle and to, to respond accordingly. So yeah. that's the first remedy. The yeah. second, and, and these aren't in any particular order, the next remedies, but diet and the state of your digestion are crucial. Yeah, this, this is mm -hmm. non-negotiable. You've got to have yes. a good, healthy diet. Yeah. And, you know, there's plenty of good information out there. It's in my books as well. But essentially, mm -hmm. it's real food, cutting the junk, basically, yeah. Yeah. and eating real, wholesome, whole, fresh foods yes mineral rich you know and to have good quality protein and and really to get rid of the junk to get rid of white flour right white sugar and so on yeah um and then uh the other crucial area i think is environmental there's so much environmental pollution out there there's so much junk we put on our bodies the yes. chemicals used in our house houses to clean now a lot of the pollution we can't control like air pollution you know out on the roads and so on but yes. control what you can control yeah. in your own home make your own home as clean and green as you can yeah. and there are so many good products today that do not have 
toxic chemicals in them. Yes. So we've got, we've got no excuse there. I mean, it is a little more expensive, but then you can use things like bicarbonate of soda. Yeah, Cost. that's a brilliant. Yes, I use that. I use that. Yeah, I use it for everything. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, all fact, those old-fashioned remedies, yes. <laughs> precisely. And there's so much good information out there on the web, you know, on that. So in a way, you have no excuse for that. No. Actually, so what, please, if, what, what I've noticed is I changed my uh, soap powder to a more natural version. I'll name the name. It's Echovare I went to. And as a result of using that, I've really noticed it's like when you come up to somebody and you know they've been smoking. You can smell it on their clothes. And you can smell this um the the other generic brands of washing powders stand out and you know i don't want to be near these people because all i can smell is the soap powder it's awful and you go into their homes and their homes stink of soap powder and it's so off-putting you change the type of soap powder you use to a less toxic one uh it's amazing your sense of smell completely changes that's very illuminating. I yeah. totally agree with you. It, it really, you, it, you will be quite shocked when you get rid of the chemicals, yeah. you know, um, not just the soap powder, but all the other cleaning agents. Yeah. It will really shock you how, how strong that acrid chemical smell is. Yes. Um, so, so dealing with it, and I go into more detail in my books on, you know, the environmental stuff. But yeah. again, in a way, there's so much information out there today. People can easily access that for free yes. on the web. Yeah. And the other area is um, structural exercise and yeah. the structure of your body. So I'm afraid exercise is non-negotiable. You yeah. have to do it. You do. You absolutely <laughs> have to do it. And preferably outside in natural light as well. As much natural light as you can get because we need vitamin D. And, you, yeah. and I think it's probably important to supplement with that. But I'm not a practitioner, so I can't. You know, you need to go to a practitioner. But, yes, get out and get natural light. It's just mm -hmm and exercise it's just fantastic yeah. but uh, also things like yoga and um, uh, pilates anything that strengthens your core muscles um, your core is critical mm. and then you may need to work with a massage practitioner um, you know chiropractor osteopathy that sort of thing because there may be structural issues going on with your pelvis that are causing menstrual problems yes yeah. um, and the one remedy I recommend to every woman with menstrual problems, almost regardless of what their problem is, I recommend Maya Abdominal Massage. And um, there aren't a huge number of practitioners, but the beauty of this is once you've had a session, you can do it for yourself. They teach you right. how to do it to yourself. But it's really good to have a few sessions with somebody, but even just one and you start doing it for yourself. Yes. Um, I, I'm very big on... All the things you can do for yourself. Yeah, um, and, and this then, is just uh, this is just as it sounds, is it? It's abdominal massage. It is abdominal massage, yeah. and it's it's very effective. Yeah. And God, I'd be you know if I had menstrual problems today, that would be my first port of call beyond yeah. all the stuff yeah. I'd be doing for myself. I do, actually, I, I remember this just uh, interjecting here, Alexander. When um, my mother-in-law and my kids were small, and they had. Um, abdominal problems she would just lay them down put some oil on their tummies and massage it and I, oh. I learned that from her and it and it helped whether it was just psychological or she actually knew what she was doing I have no idea but mm. uh, I picked up on that from that and I used to do it to my kids uh, when she wasn't around but um, yeah so I, I totally believe in what you're saying about that um, and we stop doing it when we get older. I certainly didn't do it to my teenage girls, but they could learn to do it for themselves. 
They could indeed, and it just releases a lot of stress and tension, I think. Um, mm. Yes, I can't recommend it more highly. Yeah. So, so we've talked about diet, we've talked about environment, we've talked yep. about structural stuff. Now, with women who have very extreme menstrual problems, it's going to be necessary to work with a natural health practitioner. And, you know, I've already mentioned chiropractors and osteopaths or, you know, massage therapists, but also um, they may need to work with Chinese medicine is very good, Ayurvedic medicine, naturopathy, yep. homeopathy, you know, Different strokes for different folks. Yes, that's I, right. I, I got a lot out of Chinese medicine um, mm. to, to strengthen me, um, but it was, you know, chiropractic work that made a huge difference to my pain. And also it was actually the self-care stuff that made a big difference to reducing the pain along with um, the uh, Chinese medicine nourishing me. Mm. Um, and, but naturopathy has a lot to offer, as does homeopathy. And I think you, know, you may be drawn to a particular practitioner yes. who happens, happens to then be a homeopath or a naturopath. Yes. Um, but there are lots of good things out there. But they are not a substitute for your own self-care. And there is so mm. much you can do for yourself. Mm. Mm. I really, really uh, want to emphasize that. So that's my natural approach, Catherine, mm. to yes. menstrual health. I, I think it's brilliant, and I think once. So I think when you first hear about, it, you think, "Oh God, here we go again, more form filling." But mm -hmm. um, you describe it so easily, and, and you can understand it so quickly. You feel better already just hearing you say the words. Well, so, do you know something? I got the most lovely feedback from a woman in Ireland. I had just been in Ireland and I got coverage in the Irish press um, in the three main newspapers and each of the papers spoke about you know my approach the seasons mm -hmm. getting in touch with the seasons of your cycle and one woman she didn't even come to a workshop or she hadn't read my book yet but she just thought I'm going to try this <laughs> and um, I get this email from her saying I've done it for two cycles and already my insomnia has cleared up and I'm not eating um Packets of chocolate biscuits five days <laughs> for five days before my period. <laughs> how cool is that? And yes. all I wanted to say was, yes, yes. how cool is that? Yeah, you know? And she's just done that off her own bat, yeah. you know, with no more input from me, you know. Yeah. Isn't You've, that amazing? It is. You've just got to ignore the rest of the world and do it for you. You That's are important. It. Do it. Yes. And yes. then you just release all this energy and insight and inspiration. Yes. So it doesn't, you don't, in the end, it isn't, oh, you know, another job to do. It becomes like, oh, yes, what am I going to open up to and discover? Yes. And, and, the, and then you release energy. It's energizing. Yes. You know? Yeah. And uh, and all uh, that to me that obviously leads on to a better experience going through menopause because you've already um, gone through this process of understanding yourself better. So surely that should uh, be a better passage through menopause. That is absolutely the punchline, Catherine. Yeah, really, I can't emphasise this more strongly. I think the crisis we are experiencing around menopause is because women have not been grounded in their menstrual cycle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you have worked with your cycle over many years, and you know you're intimately connected with it, you are intimately connected to yourself. You'll be practicing, you know, really good health care, mm. and you will understand the nature of the psychological passage at menopause, and yes. you are probably going to be a whole lot healthier because you've been more in touch with yourself. Yeah, um, you're just going to be more empowered, and 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 you'll just—it's just then becomes the next transition, and you already have worked with transitions 
through yes. working with the cycle. It's, yes. it's you know, really, I, I, when I think about menopause, I, 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 women ask me about help for menopause, I just want to tell them to come to my menstrual workshops. I, I've, got, yes. I've got to teach that information right. before yeah. I can go on and talk to them about menopause. Absolutely, yeah. I think the, the, main, the way I see it at the moment is menopause is a, is a huge metamorphosis, but it doesn't need to be. If, if women are practicing understanding their bodies at a younger age, then it's a an easier transition, an easier metamorphosis, and, and it's not a huge problematical thing that causes um, so many challenges yes. at home and in the workplace. Yes, exactly. And, and women would be able to, to ride it better. They'd be able to to get the juice out of it you know because there yes. is a there is a there is a transition you are being changed yes and but women don't know about that and if they knew about that it's just it's like being given the rule books not the rule book but the instruction manual yes you know. yes hmm. that's right and, yeah. they, and they're coming at it with no instruction yes <laughs> as, as we always are isn't it we we yeah. or less make it up as we go along because hmm. nobody understands it enough um, and now you're telling us what to do. And I think that's just brilliant. Um, because, because what I've been finding, what I keep telling women now is um, stop all this multitasking. I mean, yes. We wear multitasking as a badge of honor because, hey, we've got something over the guys. Look, we can do all this stuff all at the same time. And all you're doing is causing problems to your own health. Yes. Um, the sooner you realize that, the, the better off you'll be. And start asking your partner, saying, look, so-and-so is coming up. I've got an important meeting, but I've got the kids to deal with. Can you help? Or what can we do about it? Share this this home life that you have with your partner. And, um, and I'm sure it's only because we don't ask the question, because we think, oh, I better not ask because, because there'll be a row. There's some, you don't know that till you ask the question. And that certainly happened to me. As soon as I started opening up, I said, oh, look, this is happening. Can you help me? Yeah, of course I can. There's no problem. That's I very, that is very wise. That is absolutely it. And if, um, you know, if women had been in touch with their cycles, each month they would have been practicing the very thing that you're talking about. Yes. Because uh, ovulation time is multitasking time. That's the yes. superwoman time. You could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then menstruation is where you drop it all and you just take care of yourself and renew yourself. Now, women are not renewing themselves on a monthly basis. They're trying to keep going the same as before. Yes. And that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And then, Definitely. of course, the real disaster happens at menopause. Mm. That's when it all comes to a head. Yes. So yeah. if a woman is practicing it on a monthly basis, then menopause is going to be a breeze. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> at the moment, it's like a tsunami. It just builds up and builds up until it eventually overwhelms you and you can't, literally can't cope. And in my case, have a nervous breakdown. So, you know, there's got to be a better way. There so has to be, Catherine. I, I yes. just think what you're doing is magnificent. It's just so vital. I mean, even just that statement about multitasking, mm. that is radical and the impact of that is huge. Yes, you think so? Yeah. Mm, absolutely, great. absolutely. It's nuts that we try to keep going. We yes. women have to ask for help. Yes, mm. and not be afraid to. And it's no. silly. I'm talking to women, I go into businesses and I'm talking to women and mixed audiences. And what I've noticed, and I don't know why it took me so long to pick up on this, <laughs> of course, if you're in the workplace, whatever job you're doing, you're never going to stick your hand in the air and say, excuse me, I can't cope. 
you carry on and try and to deal with it and make your you know grind yourself into the ground even further so I think with, with people like yourself and myself talking to women to get them to think about themselves more then perhaps we won't find ourselves in this awful place of not being able to do what we thought we could do and, and feeling totally rejected lots of confidence self-esteem whole three yards and um, feeling depressed about it there's got to be a better way hasn't there um i really think so and i think that there's something that we should really think about putting together there just around this you know i think there's just some really core message there that would just transform women's lives yes absolutely and in the workplace particularly i'm thinking Yes, mm. yeah. Um, because men do want to help. I get a lot of emails. Oh, yes. Uh, the vast majority. I mean, there's always going to be someone who doesn't. But yeah. actually, you know, it's the same with women. Too. Um, yes. But in my experience, men are completely bewildered. They're yeah. shut out. And actually, they, in the main, they want to be able to do something, but they just do not know no. what to do. Yes. And anything mm. they suggest, uh, they're just rejected because. Yes. They don't know how to approach it. And, mm. of course, the woman is in such a mood at that time that she um, thinks everybody's against her. And just to, you know, get out of my sight. I don't want to talk to you. you don't that's know right. Yes. And that's very, that, that's <laughs> very, very similar to what happens premenstrually. So what you're yes. talking about at menopause gets played out monthly. It does. It won't get menopause. It's played out every day. That's every day, instead yeah. of just for a few days. Yeah. Mm. Yes. But if we'd understood the, menop the, pre the, the premenstrual stuff, then we wouldn't yeah. have that fallout. Yeah, and I'm absolutely convinced that you're right on that, mm. Alexandra. So um, just bringing our conversation here to a close, um, uh, would you like to tell us a bit about your other work that we do that you do, Alexandra? Yes, um, I'd, I'd be delighted to, mm. Catherine. Um, you know, one aspect of my work is menstrual health, as we've just yes. been talking about that. But actually, my work has relevance in in all areas of women's lives, women's leadership, uh, women coaching, counselling, therapy, education. Um, I want to restore the uh, intelligence of the cycle, you know, as a core kind of practice in in any kind of work with women, you know, yes. developmental work, leadership work, counselling work. It's just a wonderful uh, ground, foundation mm. for anything. And so uh, I'm what I'm developing is um, a, a, a training program, a course called the, the Woman's Quest Apprenticeship that would be over a, mm. a year yes. where I would um, basically, I'm working with women who... Well, it, it's open to women who want to just go on a personal development journey, a personal yes. development and spiritual mm -hmm. development journey. It's both those. But it's also for women who really want to take this material and and use it in their work in some way. Yes. Yes. So you might you might be a coach, you might be a counsellor, you might be a healer, yes. a naturopath or, you know, whatever. And yeah. um, or you maybe want to work with girls and, and teenagers because yes. that yeah. is just, we're crying out for people who could take on that work to properly yes. prepare girls for this work, for, for their, yeah. you know, their menstruating years. Yes. Um, so I'm offering a year-long program that would be three residential workshops over three and a half days and then mentoring and group, you know, online yes. stuff. Yeah. And the three themes are healing, creativity, and spirituality that we yeah. will be working with. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's open to any woman who has done some work on herself already um, and you know you would need to kind of apply to me yes <laughs> um, yeah. but if you've already done a workshop with me you'll already have a taste of something yeah. and um, but it's you know it's particularly for women who want to really uh, work with this professionally in some way and yes. need a really good training in it yes I think that's excellent work yeah sounds Thank brilliant you. yeah it's um, exciting it is, yes. yes, and it's a way because uh, you probably feel like me that uh, you're uh, not exactly fighting a losing battle, but it's very difficult being one man, as it were, just going yes. out and telling the tale. You need yes. uh, a whole lot more of us, don't we? Yes, we need, exactly, and, and I feel it growing, actually, because I've been doing this work for quite some time and have people yes. around the world. In fact, I just got an email from a woman in Chile this yeah. morning saying that she wants to run menstrual health work, menstrual workshops and she wants yeah. some guidance. So I wrote back, yeah. I said, I'd be delighted to, yeah. uh, you know, sort of mentor you there. Um, the other thing also is that I'm wanting to develop some online programs so that if you're living, where, you know, not close to me, that you'd yeah. be able to still participate in this work. Yeah. And the other thing that um, I have with my colleague, Shani Hugo, is um, the Women's Quest community site that any woman can join. You do need to be invited, so they need to email me first. But this is a community, an online community, where women are sharing their experiences and discoveries and whatever yes. around yeah. this work. And yes. I want to see that, you know, with thousands and thousands of women on talking and raving and sharing and, you know. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's our yeah. high dream for that. And eventually I want to work towards uh, Shani and I would like to create a, a, a center yeah. uh, where this is a, a, a place that's held in perpetuity actually for this work where mm. that's exclusively focused on restoring the wisdom of the menstrual cycle and then its application in, you know, as I've said, leadership, uh, therapy, uh, healing, um, fertility and birth, that's another area I didn't mention, girls' yes. education, and that we develop um, people who are experts in these different areas working with the cycle to, you know, as a, yes. as a core element of any of these things. Yes, that, well, I think that's absolutely fantastic, and I wish you um, all the best uh, with your continuance of that, because I see we get books every now and again coming out about different areas of menstruation, but to actually have a program uh, that people can um, attend either virtually or in person. I think that's uh, that that shows great insight, and and I hope it becomes very successful. And Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, it will. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've decided this lifetime we're going to crack this one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, yes. Alexandra, yes. and um, and let's um, let's set the world alight. Hey, absolutely, you're absolutely okay. yes, 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 <laughs> Alexandra. I so thoroughly enjoyed speaking to Alexandra Pope. I hope you enjoyed it too. We covered so much ground, didn't we? You'll find both Alexandra's and my contact details at the end of this transcript. And thank you for listening. This is Catherine Colas of Simply Hormones signing off. Bye for now.